you ever had a conversation where you were caught off guard by an assumption of modern science that seemed to deny the truth of God's Word? You're listening to Faith and Family. I'm Andy Bates. Thanks to our underwriter, Concordia University, Wisconsin, for supporting Faith and Family. Find out more about them on kfuo.org in the sponsor section. Joining me in studio today, the Reverend Dr. Joel Okamoto. He's a professor of associate professor of systematic theology at Concordia Seminary, St. Louis. Also, department uh, the chairman of the Department of Systematic Theology there, and also leading an upcoming lay summer lay Bible Institute. Dr. Okamoto, welcome to Faith and Family. Thanks very much. It's great to be here. A pleasure to have you in studio and looking forward to learning more about uh, what's going to be covered at this summer Lay Bible Institute. Uh, Lay Bible Institute has been going on for a while. Uh, if I recall, I know I, as long as I can remember, I, I remember reading about it, hearing about it. I've never attended one yet, though. Okay. So how, how long have you been involved with Summer Lay Bible Institute? Well, the Lay Bible Institute itself has been going on for for years. Uh we have them also during the, the year. I did one my first or second year as a professor, and I've been there 19 years. Uh, and they've been, they've been going on when I was a student even. Uh, the summer ones, they've held one. Uh, that's been, I think, more recent. Mm-hmm. And I've never actually done a summer uh, Saturday session, but I look forward to this. What are, and the topic for this one, uh, a class that looks at theological topics in the scientific age, and it's it's coming up in August. Um, what are some of the assumptions that, that we deal with um, from modern science that we should be prepared to, to respond to um, in our theology when, when we're speaking about science and we know that uh, something comes up in a conversation with a friend uh, and we know that clearly contradicts what we believe regarding creation or the word of God uh, regarding creation. What are some assumptions uh, that modern science makes that we should be prepared to respond to confidently? Yeah. Well, that's a, that's a really good question (laughs) Uh, because let me just say this in the first case, uh, science and, uh, Theology, those are both culturally really important words. They're loaded. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you talk in the public domain about sin. Well, Christians will do that. Everybody knows that's a Christian term, but not everybody agrees what it is. To call something a sin sometimes is taken just to uh, be a way of Christians expressing their personal disapproval. <laughs> I mean, that's how it's taken. That doesn't mean, sure. that, no matter what we believe, that's often how it's heard. Uh, and it works the other way, too. Uh, so science, science is itself a loaded term. It refers to, for some people, and this will make sense to you with your background, a subject you teach. So you take science or you take biology. Mm-hmm. And uh, knowing science means you get the right answers or you do the right experiments and the like. Uh, but scientists... Uh, they're not just interested in passing down what we've always said, but they're trying to look at the world a certain way. And that's where, uh, uh, what what are some of the assumptions it makes and why are those sometimes challenging for Christians? Uh, and that's what, I, I know I want to say some of those some of those things. And very briefly, uh, I like to say it this way, not everyone agrees with this, but science is a little bit like cooking. Or maybe science is cooking or cooking is science. <laughs> I mean by that, uh, cooking involves using ingredients. Mm-hmm. You know, everything is made of more basic stuff. 
and uh, you put the ingredients together and you work them a certain way and it's just going to work out. Uh, and then you try to figure out which ones are the ones that work and you, 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 you go through it and you taste it. You experiment. Uh, more or less science is thinking the world is made of basic stuff. And uh, it, everything works according to certain rules. And we're trying to figure out how it works. And so we, we do the experiments. Go ahead. The, I, I like that example. And I want to build on that because, uh, well, let's go back to what you said earlier about the word sin. Mm-hmm. We don't necessarily all agree what, sin, what is sin. Um, right. Because words have meaning. But sometimes the meaning is different for different people. So, so language is significant. Vocabulary, the, the lexicon from which we, we work, is, is important. So if we're applying that to the same scenario, with science is, is like cooking mm-hmm. and everything's made up of ingredients. What if one ingredient has two different names? <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that's <laughs> itself uh, uh, a problem. Uh, and so it's important to be clear about your your language. I uh, my my wife is an engineer, and yesterday on on another radio station, <laughs> someone made mention of uh, of uh, watts of energy, and my wife says power. <laughs> you got to use the right word. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Things like that. Uh, those things, of course, matter. Uh, Especially if you are, if you're a theologian or if you're a scientist. Right. Well, it always matters. Right. Uh, uh, but here more than maybe sometimes because it's loaded. So uh, one word would be God. Mm-hmm. Uh, what kind of a person is a God? That's a question that Luther takes up in the large catechism under the first article. Uh, and so we want to explore that. And we, don't just want to say, well, that means God is the creator. Uh, but what does it mean for God to be the creator? Uh, and what we want to do in this, uh, this lay Bible Institute is especially, especially explore what Christians mean by some of their key words mm-hmm. or their key doctrines uh, in view of what often science says about the world, about the universe as a whole, about life, about human beings, uh, and the like, uh, because they offer an account of the universe, about life, about human creatures, which is in some important respects clearly at odds what the scriptures seem to teach. Uh, but in responding to that, uh, what's a response that is uh, coherent and consistent with uh, the whole testimony of Christians, with the whole of the scriptures, uh, as opposed to just a, a small, you know, maybe a soundbite of an answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, my students, for instance, will know I'm, I'm, I love soundbites. Uh, <laughs> Do you I, use soundbites in class? Yes, yes. Uh, God is God. <laughs> like, just chew on that. Anyway, uh, but of course, you have to explain those kinds of things. Uh, and so what are we up to? And I want to explore uh, some of the theological words, theological concepts. So God, creation, Jesus Christ, uh, the scriptures, the Bible. Uh, those things, those are the topics we'll definitely get to. As a Lutheran, as a fellow Lutheran, when you say those words, it creates an image in my mind. You know, I picture in my mind 
what those what those mean mm-hmm. in a pluralistic society th- those words can can mean anything <laughs> will in this workshop will we learn how to how to discuss those words how to talk about those yes uh in a pluralistic society that that uh, where science uh, and I'm not try- I don't want to pit science against theology because good science isn't good science shows us specifically precisely what God's word has taught us it it, it, it good science is observing that the world which, God made right right. So your question is, well, you asked about, I suppose about, you might say, what is theology? And sure. It is what it is. And yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that. Uh, and here's one, one, one kind of thing uh, we'll spend some time on. Uh, we often learn to uh, explain ourselves working, like in a sentence, left to right. <laughs> so I'll, I'll use a different topic. Justification, right? <laughs> oh, so, uh, what is justification? And you could learn, but to say, uh, justification or to justify is to do right by, make right, declare right, and that be a definition. But uh, what does that mean? And how do you make that clear uh, to someone who doesn't know or who might have a, with whom you might actually have a disagreement about some part of it? Like, uh, are we justified by grace? So let me just spin mm-hmm. this out. So a man buys a car, and the car is a lemon. It does not do right by the man. It does not justify itself to the man. All right. A man buys a car, and his wife hates it. <laughs> <laughs> the, the man does not do right by his wife. He does not, ju- he does not justify himself to her. Right. Well, so we do this kind of stuff all the time. Justification is just part of just getting around in the world. We all do this. Now, suppose you know the man has an affair, and uh, now he's sorry. He wants to make things right. What should he do? Should he buy her the car? <laughs> Furs, diamonds? Don't even think about it. Right? Yeah. No, if there is going to be justification for that man, it's going to be by grace alone. Either she will forgive or she will not. It's all up to her. That's where, you know, Christians say sinners stand before God. Don't bring me your works. Don't tell me mm-hmm. I was trying to. Just like, you know, that's, that's the kind of situation. That's what it means to be justified by grace. And so I'm working, you might say, right to left. Uh, and, you know, uh, and we want to do that where uh, we're not sure we're clear or we know that we share a vocabulary. Uh, and that happens with all sorts of things. That's why I ring in justification. Sure. How do you, if you have differing definitions of sin, yes. how can you even talk about justification? Right. That's right. And so you just have to, you know, when we say sin, we mean, and it looks like this and it's like that. And this is, and then of course people want to know, well, why do you think it's like this or like that? And mm-hmm. you have to explore those kinds of things. But eventually, I think you can work it up and at least to 
here's what we mean. Here's why we. Here's what it means concretely. Here's why we think it makes sense. If we we have to get at least to that point, mm-hmm. uh, and I want to be trying to work on some of those things that are relevant to dealing with uh, modern science today. So being clear in our words is important. What what can happen? How can being unclear in our words be problematic? What can that lead to if we are unclear in our words and just um, even make assumptions or, or allow others to make assumptions about our words? Does that make sense? I think so. So if we are not clear... If we're vague and... <laughs> if we're vague or we leave things, the wrong things undefined, mm-hmm. uh, then... We might puzzle our conversation partner. That I suppose is even that's the best result. <laughs> Although, no, we could leave, leave them with a, a false impression mm. or leave them with a false understanding, and that that'd be even worse than they're confused. Uh, so yeah, so we want to to those are the, and then they would be have a false impression not just about this topic but about Christians, Christ, the Christian faith. And that's just not a good thing. What is... So, so how do you talk about God or sin um, or justification? Um, where does that intersect with scientific uh, assumptions in this, this modern scientific age? The... Uh... Well, let me start with, I'll start with God. Uh, so I was saying about, you know, what assumptions does modern science seem to make? Mm-hmm. Uh, so positively, it assumes that everything is made of fundamental stuff. There are particles. There are, you know, atoms and there are subatomic particles and they build them to, into like uh, molecules and the like. And that's just an assumption. Now, of course, it's not just an assumption. It's an assumption that has worked out in all sorts, in myriad ways, uh, to seem to be right. And so it's just largely taken for granted. I bring that up uh, because then science proceeds to explain other things with you know, that assumption. Uh, and it's proven to be remarkably useful. Uh, and so... And those what, assumptions... what is not assumed, let me just say this, mm-hmm. going back to God, it's not assumed you have to invoke someone or something kind of beyond all of this to explain it all. Uh, they're not looking to be non-theistic, you might say, to say there is no God. It's just never enters the picture. Go ahead. What are those assumptions based on? What are those assumptions rooted in? What's the foundation for those assumptions? Uh, well, actually, historically, one could trace this back to uh, ancient Greek philosophy. The, the first Greek philosophers were going before Socrates, the so-called pre-Socratics, uh, where they contended that, you know, the world was made of this or the world was made of that. Uh, so one could trace that kind of thinking in the, in the West, you know, wow, uh, several hundred years before Christ. Uh, other people have made those kind of things. So historically, that's where those kinds of assumptions come from. 
more recently, uh, these kind of assumptions made by uh, by modern scientists, beginning with I think Copernicus or Kepler or Newton, who want to and who who believe that the world could be described in mathematically uh, by numbers, and you could treat everything as if it were just all the same stuff. Nothing has value; it's all inert. Uh, some would say, I think some would say that that assumptions of modern science are rooted in what is observed. Mm-hmm. Um, although some of them are made based on what is observed, but m- perhaps... Extrapolating the, from that? Yes, yes. Perceptions of what is observed. But, yeah, I think that's that's right. Whether they're... Perceptions or misperceptions. <laughs> well, and that that's true. Uh, so, science knows that its uh, its theories, you know, what it draws from, its observations and the like, its thinking, uh, those are provisional. They could be wrong. Uh, for a long time, Isaac Newton's understanding of how motion works, gravitation, was taken for granted to be right. And then they learned to measure the velocity of light, and it doesn't quite work out. Now, people had different explanations. And Einstein thinks, well, you know what? I know Newton thought that space and time were invariant, fixed. No, I don't think so. I think it's the velocity of light. (laughs) What kind of mind it takes to think that? But, you know, Einstein, Einstein was, well, right may be too strong a word, but they've done experiments to show that Einstein's way of thinking about things is accounts for more than Newton. Now, maybe someone will come along and explain more. We'll just see. Uh, but in both cases, they were based on perception of what was yes. observed. It, it, it is trying to deal with the world. In other words, what we see or what we think reasonably uh, is extrapolated from what we see. Uh, that's what makes things like, uh, we'll talk a little bit about this in the or in the lay Bible Institute, like having a mind or consciousness. There are some who would claim that uh, that's uh, an illusion or just an intuition. Uh, why? Well, because no third person got there and examine it or or test it. Uh, hmm. You know th- that that's uh, well, that's difficult because <laughs> I know I have consciousness. <laughs> I mean, I, that if you want me to be sure about something, yeah, I know I'm aware. Uh, I don't know about you, Andy. I don't know about my listeners, but <laughs> <laughs> no, I am sure, but only because I'm sure about myself. Yeah. The uh, the upcoming Summer Lay Bible Institute uh, happening August fifth here That's in right. St. Louis, yeah. taking a look at this uh, th- these theological topics in a scientific age. What happens in a Summer Lay Bible Institute? Give me a paint a picture of what this is what this this institute will, or this day will, will look like, what it will mm-hmm. entail. Yeah. So it runs from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. We'll have our breaks. But uh, I'll start out after introducing myself, and uh, I'll, I'll talk about uh, what I think we're trying to be up to. And uh, so it's, and then I'll explain the two key words, theology and uh, science. Uh, so that'll be the first part of it. And then with that in mind, and I hope that we're all kind of on the same page, well, 
uh, then we'll explore some theological topics that that bear on this. So, what do we mean by God? Now, what should we mean by God when we're dealing with the assumptions and the findings of modern science? It would be different if we were talking about Muslims or Buddhists who think God is a bad idea. Those are all great topics, but we're talking about modern science. Uh, with that in mind, what's the right way of seeing, understanding, or what's, what's, a, what's a way of understanding who is Jesus Christ? Uh, hmm. it, we might talk about him, well, he's the Savior. Well, if we're talking in view of modern science, we want to see him as the Son of God and the one God sent to, to bring his reign over the universe. Uh, it's, not, it's a little different perspective on it, and it really is a matter of perspective. Why that? Why is that perspective significant, particularly in that issue? Uh, because, yeah, it's a good question. Modern science wants or is offering up an understanding of our universe. And uh, it doesn't make reference to the creator. And that, that's a challenge. It doesn't mean it has to, but it, it doesn't. And it does lead some people to assume that, well... Maybe there isn't such, such a thing. Maybe the universe has just always been here. Maybe the universe becomes God. Well, how are Christians to respond? Uh, we could just quote Bible passages. Uh, or we could say, we don't believe that, which I suppose are true, but uh, kind of just says us and them. How do we find ourselves in the world? What does that look like? Because science is, is modern science is rooted in what is observed, or at least perceptions of what is mm -hmm. observed, and if you can't observe God creating something, yes. then you have to look to other yeah. sources. That's that that is right. And uh, what is that other source? And in the first case, it's Jesus. He's the image of the invisible God. No one has ever seen God. The only God is at the Father's side. He has made him known. Uh, and we don't want to make that just uh, an assertion. We don't want just quoting Bible passages, but. Yeah, that, that fits the whole story that the scriptures relate. Uh, and just, to, you know, what is that Bible story? Why do we come to these conclusions to try to see how it kind of all fits together? Because it really is, Christians are people who live according to a certain story of everything. It's in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Things went wrong. That's the fall. Uh, God was angry. He cursed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that's not his last word. He, wanted, he wants to redeem all of creation. That's the kingdom of God. That's, uh, and that means we all stand under judgment. That's why Jesus preaches, repent for the reign of the heavens is at, you know, at hand. The uh, Summer Lay Bible Institute coming up August 5th at Concordia Seminary in St. Louis. It's an all-day Saturday institute. Yes, it's all day. Classes, like you said, with a break, with, with breaks mm -hmm. as well. Uh, taking a look at this, the theological topics in a scientific age, how do we register, or how do we find out more to, uh, uh, to you enroll? Can, you can find out from the Concordia Seminary website, uh, www.csl.edu. Uh, there's a link right on the, right on the homepage there. Mm -hmm. I, I checked this morning. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's $20. You, uh, it'll give you a phone number there you can call as well, or you can register online some congregations like mine have uh, taken uh have have used the uh bulletin insert mm -hmm. as registration information there too 
Very good. So you want to register by July 24th. July 24th, that's right. By July 24th to get your spot in Summerlay Bible Institute, taking a look at uh, theological topics in a scientific age with the Reverend Dr. Joel Okamoto of Concordia Seminary in St. Louis. Fascinating topics. I'm sure you and I could sit here and probably uh, dig through a bunch of other terms and and, uh, and talk about what they mean and what they don't mean as well. Dr. Okamoto, thanks so much for being my guest today on Faith and Family. It's been a pleasure to talk with you. Oh, it's been my pleasure. Thank you very much. <laughs> Absolutely. Coming up in just a little bit, what is unique about singing together as a family during family devotions? More Faith and Family on the way on Worldwide KFUO. Concordia University, Wisconsin and Mequon overlooks a half mile of beautiful Lake Michigan shoreline. CUW campus is located 15 miles north of Milwaukee with over 70 undergraduate majors, 28 graduate degree programs and doctorate programs in pharmacy, physical therapy, occupational therapy and nursing practice. CUW offers online learning and accelerated learning at one of nine Wisconsin centers and one in St. Louis. Traditional or accelerated education, CUW has the program for you. CUW.edu.